Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get going, I want to take a moment to tell you about some exciting news for high school sports fans across the country. SB Live Sports has launched a free iPhone and Android app featuring the latest high school sports news, scores, videos, polls, photos, podcasts, player rankings, and much more. With the SB Live Sports app, it is now even easier to follow your favorite team. With real-time scores and news alerts, as well as video highlights, podcasts, photo galleries, rankings, game coverage, and much more, the app delivers all the content you want in one convenient place. The SB Live Sports app features exclusive content from on-the-ground reporters across the country, and it's the number one source for Washington high school sports fans. With coverage from reporters Todd Millis and Andy Bueller, me, Dan Dickow, SB Live's recruiting expert, this SB Live Sports app is available at no charge in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Download it today. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Dick out from the deep corner for three. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's on now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dick out hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. Welcome to today's episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports for the Believe Podcast Network. Conversations with experts throughout sports, typically basketball. Today's one of the newest head coaches in all of Division I basketball, one of the youngest coaches at the, as a head coach in all of college basketball, Kevin Kruger. Kevin, thanks for joining Hopefully it's not too hot yet in Las Vegas and you're getting a chance to get acclimated to uh, the new role as the head man. How are things going? No, thank you. Uh, not too hot yet. You know, it, as you know, it get a, get a little warm here in about a month or so, but right now it's, uh, it's pretty good. You're, uh, you're someone who, when you look at your, your past overall resume as a player and then kind of getting into the coaching uh, world and moving up uh, the steps in that profession, You've had a lot of experiences. You started your your college career at Arizona State. You redshirted, and then you decided to grad transfer. I believe you were the first grad transfer. Hopefully, you can clarify this for me. But I believe you were the first grad transfer when you went to UNLV to play for your father, Lon. And am I correct in that? Uh, you know, I'm not 100% sure, but somebody tweeted that, so it must be true. It's a good story to go with, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So with that decision to grad transfer, when it was really something that wasn't normal at the time, and you had really a couple months, I would assume, to get acclimated to a new new roster, bunch of teammates, and you don't want to 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 kind of break in the chem break the chemistry up. Uh, what was your uh, initial thought process of going through that now? And then what is your thought process as a coach helping those guys that are transferring into a new program? 
Yeah, I think the what made it kind of a smooth transition was I think a lot of what I envisioned the college experience and the and the team atmosphere and experience to be like was was similar with the coaches and the culture they had had two years to build uh, with the type of guys they brought in, uh, their style of play and how uh, you know they really really took a lot of pride in promoting others and sharing the ball and playing for each other and and that's kind of what I was raised. Uh, to do and how I was raised to play basketball was to, you know, try to, you know, it's obviously a team game and it's a team approach. So I think when I came in, they had been here two years as a staff. Uh, I think it, that's kind of one of the things that allowed it to be a, a maybe a little more smooth transition than had I gone somewhere completely foreign to me uh, with the relationships I had, just knowing the guys through the summer. And then of course the staff that they had together, uh, knowing a lot of them for, for most of my life. Your father, Lon, is uh, a tremendous coach. He's taken a number of teams to, to both the NCAA tournament, but also to the Final Four. He's coached in the NBA, both as a head coach, where he was my head coach uh, with the Hawks, as well as an assistant at some times. So you've grown up around the game. Uh, being a, a young player and your dad's in different roles, uh, how much access have you had to kind of learn the game from an up close kind of expert perception that uh, has really helped you? Well, I think the one thing that gets kind of lost when you're a coach's son is not just your dad being a coach or even a successful coach, not say whatever that may be, but the, the mentors that you can have, you know, having the ability to talk to the people in the game that can help you give advice. And, and it's not just a parent. Um, and I think that's something, you know, as I look back on in life and, and have these types of conversations, uh, that's something that, you know, I think gets lost a lot of time with coaches, kids, you know, growing up, uh, you know, trying to be like Steve Henson when he played at K-State and trying to play like him and being able to just hang around him. And, and you know, even though I was younger, being able to talk to him growing up and how in his playing career. And, and like you mentioned with you and even in Atlanta, you know, having the, the people in that circle, the coaching circle that talked about you and the way you played and me as a player trying to emulate that, uh, not again, not just from a parent, but, you know, the staff he had in Atlanta and how they viewed you as a player and being able to hear those types of conversations. Uh, I think it's something that's it just, like I said, just gets lost a lot of time on coaches. Kids It's not just the access to a parent and, and gym time, but the people that are around the basketball world and live it daily. You know, that's a unique perspective and, and kind of hearing it from you, uh, I can see how valuable that is. Mm -hmm. With your time being around uh, the game and great coaches and players, you mentioned Steve Henson, who was an assistant in Atlanta my rookie year. He was great for me. Were there any uh, players maybe besides Steve uh, in particular when you, your dad was coaching the Hawks that might have been uh, available or, or accessible to you that, that you kind of looked up to and you really took maybe some of their advice to heart? Uh, yeah, it's kind of, it, we were talking, I was talking about it yesterday with uh, the coaching staff here when we were just kind of swapping stories was uh, Jamar Johnson, you know, as a high school kid, you know, you looked at the NBA, you know, you want to play in the NBA someday and, you know, you, you just kind of idolize those guys in the NBA and when you get now to the age I'm at now, it's, you know, I think Dermar is a, like a year and a half older than me <laughs> or something, you know, so while I'm a senior in high school and just looking up and idolizing Dermar, 
in terms of what he had accomplished and 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 that he, he but along those lines he was kind of just talked to me as a friend because there was no big age gap you know we had a lot of similarities in music and you know and basketball experiences and even you know something like that because we were just so much closer in age but the one thing in on the college side especially that, that my dad's teams always were exceptional at was the way they treated you know not only his kid and me and my sister but uh, all kids you know whether it be open practices with the community and, and young guys coming out and meeting the team so you know when you hear stories about players not being friendly or or accessible or or you know kind of not fun to be around or you know and you hear stories about students bumping into other student athletes in classes and then being kind of standoffish or not wanting to sign an autograph that was foreign to me growing up because uh, his teams were always just so good in, in the way they treated people and and that's probably the main pillar going forward for us in recruiting and and developing a team and a program you know at UNLV is is one that we want to be easy to root for we want guys to be accessible and happy to be shooting with a kid after practice that that might look up to them and and we we truly believe that if we bring enough people in like that that the wins will follow yeah it's uh i i can see or think back and have memories about the 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 characteristics that you're talking about being around your dad uh and how he coached and i've stayed in touch with him over all these years for you as a as a son playing for your dad in college at UNLV that senior year, you guys made it to the Sweet 16. What type of memories do you have as a player getting to the Sweet 16? Because um, I can only imagine now as a coach, you've got those same aspirations to lead your team uh, deep into the NCAA tournament as well. Yeah, I think, you know, when you as a player, you know, you're, you're very confident. I think sometimes, you know, I'm sure you remember you, there's a there's a borderline naivety or, or arrogance that kind of comes with you know everything's going it's going to be okay you know it's going to be okay and playing for him and playing for that staff that was something I think you know Curtis Terry and I were talking about it yesterday there was a sense of security and you know even when things weren't going well we felt no we're fine like we just you know stubbed our toe a little bit but we're going to be okay we're going to stick to our guns and uh you know now when you get on the coaching side you I think you kind of just uh, not respect it, but just see it a little differently. And in, in that what we did in terms of getting to the Sweet 16 and advancing in the NCAA tournament, I mean, there's just so many good coaches, good players, good teams out there that you'd really just appreciate it more. Um, you know, recognizing, you know, 350 plus teams and coaches and players trying to, to get to those last few weekends. And, uh, and but again, it, they, the experience of it was just something I'll never forget and would, would just give anything for the guys to be able to have that same love and, and experience and, and memories that we were able to have that year. Have you ever had a pair of sunglasses that you've lost and become frustrated you lost them, that were scratched or just quite frankly didn't fit very well? Well, look no more. Canon sunglasses are the best. I repeat, the best. You will not be disappointed in Canon sunglasses. They are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made to be clearer, lighter, and stronger. 
They're also Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. So you add the lenses and the frames to create a powerful sunglass combo. Use the exclusive code KANONCAST15 at KANON.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. KANON, clearly better. You spent, you've spent uh, a good portion of your, your post-college career playing professionally uh, across the world and in the G League, and we'll touch on that in a minute. But uh, you got into coaching. You've been at Northern Arizona. You've been at Oklahoma. And then uh, you spent some time as an assistant at UNLV under TJ Otzelberger before now being the head coach. What do you expect your team to play like next year based on the fact that you've been around so many coaches who are you going to try to pick and choose some philosophies from when you put your own kind of twist on things? Yeah, I think first and foremost is motor. Um, I think, you know, you look back at, at your time playing and, and the guys you enjoyed playing with the most and the guys who were usually the better players and the teams that the better teams you played on. I think for me personally, the, the, the common characteristic was motor. You know, the teammates you loved playing with the most were high motor guys. The guys you enjoyed being around in the locker room and practice, high motor guys. You know, the best teams you played on usually, you know, those those were high motor guys that just love to play and compete. And and that is, I think, what we've done here so far in this spring and, and going forward. Uh, it, it's just there's just not going to be a lot of interest on, on our end if, if you don't have a high motor for competing. I think uh, – Parity in college basketball is just at a level that, that it's never seen before, of course, and it'll continue to be that way to where anybody can beat anybody and, and the team who usually goes out and is the aggressor and plays harder is going to have a better chance to win. So, you know, from a philosophy and bringing in, you know, future running Rebels, that's that's number one. How hard has it been over the first month or so as being the head coach um, to – kind of sort through the portal transfer because it's at an all-time high with uh, last I checked there was close to 1300 players I'm sure there's more by now uh, without being able to bring players on campus and meet with them face to face which is always a big important thing for any head coach let alone a first year head coach uh, how have you kind of worked to put your roster together no, that's a that's a great point. Um, the one thing that we've actually been able to do from everybody that's coming in to UNLV uh, through the portal, we have a prior relationship with through recruiting. Um, the only one that we didn't uh, was Jordan McKay from West Virginia, but we were able to see him. You know, we played against him. You know, when I was an assistant at Oklahoma, obviously Carlin as an assistant uh, at Oklahoma had so there there was a familiarity there. But even when you talk about the other guys that are coming in, we've kind of known them for a while because we recruited them in high school. They chose to go to other places uh, during my time at Oklahoma. But, uh, you know, now then this time, the second time around when they hit the portal, uh, you know, we have had face to face time with them. It's just been, you know, three, four, five years ago. So but you still got to do your research. I mean, you've got to talk to people and find out what they're like every day and you know, what, what their goals and objectives are when, when things aren't going well. And, but I do think that we had a little bit of an advantage coming together as a staff uh, just because of, 
where we were all at before kind of allowed us to to rely on past experiences and conversations with them uh, to bring them in and, and feel that it's going to be a good fit. UNLV is a, is a program that has a lot of pride. Obviously, when people hear UNLV, they think of those teams in the early 90s, you know, with Larry Johnson, Stacey Ogman, and those guys. Your group had, had a couple, uh, had a nice run. There was a couple other teams in that era that had some good runs. Uh, the Mountain West is tough, though. Uh, you got some really good programs. Um, what are what are your pers- what's your outlook for the upcoming season, as well as what's your view on the Mountain West? Because I think that league is 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 not valued nationally, maybe as as much as it should be. I think the the like you mentioned the the view of the league is I think the league is just continuing to get better, and you see some of these transfers that are that are going to Mountain West schools, and uh, you know you, they they catch your eye because uh, what might already have been an established and good program and had a good season last year just added to it. And, and the COVID year obviously throws throws a little bit of, of confusion in ages and, and eligibility in terms of how long they've been in college in there. But, you know, that's one thing that we're, we're, we're noticing. We're seeing, you know, teams across the league get better in what we feel. Uh, you know, Coach Tim Buckley and myself being here the last couple of years, uh, seeing guys uh, that, are, that are choosing Mountain West schools and saying, oh, he really helps them. Like, and, and knowing that the Mountain West, although we may not get the national, you know, power five attention, we, we truly feel that this is a, this is a very good conference that is going to be multiple bid league for, for years to come. So I touched earlier on the fact that after you were done playing um, at UNLV, you played professionally overseas uh, for, for a few years. You played in the G league for a while I like to ask this question of a lot of people that have played overseas because uh, it's one thing to, to, to say you want to do it, and it's another to experience it. What's the most head-scratching experience you ever had as a player overseas? Uh, well, I mean, you know, for those that played in multiple different countries and multiple different continents, uh, oof. There's a, there's a lot of good ones. There's some great stories and uh, <laughs> some great relationships. I was just talking to Chris Copeland uh, a couple of days ago who I played with in Belgium and he, he, he signed a deal from that Belgium team and actually with the New York Knicks. And uh, we were just actually just sharing stories. Um, but I think, you know, everywhere you go, there's going to be a few that not in a bad way that are head scratching, but, you know, just being an American in another place, just as a win that when, somebody else comes to America and experiences something uh, a lot of times with the terminology and food ordering or, or, or paying a, a bill at a restaurant, you know, and not understanding how the tipping works or in the cash versus the credit card um, and all that. But, uh, Oh, I don't, I don't know if there's a, if there's one really head scratching one that jumps out. Um, there was actually one thing, it's not head scratching, but it was, it was, it's unbelievable to see is the carnival in Belgium in all Belgium, uh, you know, a celebration in the town where everybody comes to the game dressed up like we would see it, like an, a Halloween, but it's it's a tradition uh, for them in Alst. And and they're all, you know, uh, you know, in full costume, you know, face paint, whatever it may be. And it's just it just looks like an absolute party going on. And you play the game, you know, with every, all the fans, you know, it's complete sellout. They sell out every game and and everybody's just going crazy from the start and not head scratching, but definitely something that that's unique, I would say. 
unique to Americans, but an unbelievable experience. Yeah, that sounds like a memorable experience for sure. I know I had one in Germany where uh, the lights went out for pregame introductions and everybody lit up sparklers. And my first time seeing it, I had no idea what was going on because there was so much smoke in the (laughs) arena when they finally turned, uh, turned the lights back on. It felt like it might they might have just set fireworks off. So, well, Kevin, I appreciate your time. I appreciate yeah, that would be um, confusing. I appreciate being able to get back in touch. I wish you nothing but the best of luck your first year uh, with the Running Rebels. I'm sure I'll see you on the broadcasting circuit, and I uh, look forward to uh, having you get the Rebels back to a Sweet 16 as a coach, just like you had them as a player. No, thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.